On this episode of the All in the Homeschool Day podcast, we are continuing our mini-series on preparing your homeschool child for college. And I want to start us out today by sharing a quote with you from Charlotte Mason. This is from volume six of her home education series. She said, it is well we should recognize that the business of education is with us all our lives, that we must always go on increasing our knowledge. Learning is not something we do during our primary or secondary school education. This is not something that ends whenever we, quote, enter the workforce. This is not something that stops. We should continue to be lifelong learners. And we can start helping our children to develop this attitude and this perspective while they are in our homeschool. So on today's episode, I would like to share with you the four principles that I keep in mind as I seek to raise lifelong learners. So let's just jump right in and tell you that the first thing that I do is I encourage my children to read widely. They have books that they are required to read as part of our school lessons, but they also are expected to read outside of school time. Now, in our home, that's not the problem. My children love to read. The problem is what they read. And you may have a different issue. You may have a child who um, doesn't like reading, that reading is difficult, One of my daughters was a struggling reader and reading was difficult for her, but we found ways that she could still enjoy books. We found many audiobooks that she could listen to. I read a lot of books to her. So we have cultivated the atmosphere of uh, reading and uh, enjoying and appreciating books from a young age. You can do that also. So that may be the first step that you need to take is just creating that atmosphere of reading. If your children already enjoy reading and you have a problem like I do of um, what they're reading, you can talk to them about the need to read a variety of books. And I like to compare this for my children to their eating. We have talked a lot about the importance of eating a well-rounded diet. We need to have proteins and carbohydrates and fats and vegetables. It is important that we eat from all four of these food groups. And even more so that we have a lot of vegetables. Our body needs those. And we need to minimize the amount of sweets that we have. Our body does not feel well if we were to eat a lot of sweets and not have the other really healthy foods for us. So it's important that we eat a variety of foods and that we are aware of the types of foods that we eat and how much of those foods. So we've already talked about that and I can uh, provide this analogy for them that reading is very similar. We need to read a wide variety of books. We need to read about a variety of subjects. We need to read about um, different levels. We need some books that are really easy and we can just enjoy. 
but we need to read some that are a little harder and challenge us to uh, improve our skills, improve our knowledge, improve our reading abilities, and our ability to comprehend and to narrate. We have to take all of that into consideration. If we only read easy books that are entertaining, then it's like we're only eating candy and we're not providing our minds with a diet rich in ideas. It is appropriate for us to sometimes read those fluffy books, as we call them, because we just want to have a little enjoyment. We want to read something easy. Maybe particularly in the evening for me, I like to read a fiction book that um, is just enjoyable and not too difficult because I'm tired. I, it's hard for me to think deeply and process what I'm reading. And so a fiction book in the evening is great. But if that's all I read, if I only read fiction, then I'm not continuing my education. So one way that we do that is we do use a book bingo. And I've identified the categories that I want my children to read from that include things like something about science, something about math, something about history, uh, something from Shakespeare, something related to developing a new skill or hobby. And I just brainstormed the categories that I wanted my children to cover and uh, created it into a bingo format and they've started entering the books on the list. We've tried many things through the years. Uh, I've had a secondary reading list where I said you need to read through these books and it's just it was like pulling teeth trying to get them to read them. They would fight me on it even though they would then finish a book and have thoroughly enjoyed it. It was like they couldn't look at that list and remember the times that they really enjoyed the books that I put on there. And it also became a challenge for me to continually find new books. And it felt like I was taking on the responsibility that they needed to assume. So I do still help them. I do uh, tell them, hey, I I read this book. I think you would really enjoy it and you should add that onto your book bingo. Or I might um, tell them that there are some books that I really think they need to read and uh, they need to prioritize those. So I do still have input and I do still have influence over what they're reading, but I'm trying to turn over that responsibility so that they can develop this lifelong habit of reading widely. Now, the second thing I do to encourage my children to be lifelong learners is to be interested in what they're learning. Let your children teach you. Uh, find out what they're interested in. Pro help by providing resources and materials. It might mean finding books from the library or buying uh, supplies that they need to, um, whether it's engage in a life skill or to explore an interest, things to consider might be something like sewing or woodworking, electronics. Uh, my daughter is really interested in theater lighting. Another one is very interested in singing. Uh, one is interested in the Victorian era. So we find a wide variety of resources for them. And then 
I provide them time to explore those interests. We have to, uh, every single year, it seems like I create a schedule that I think will work for their school days and then I realize it's too full and I have to go back and reassess and uh, cut things out. I have to recognize that we can't always complete all of the school lessons that I had originally intended because they're tired by the end of the day and they can't continue their learning journey on their own because they are mentally and physically exhausted. So I try to balance having uh, a length of school day that is stimulating for them and is me being responsible for their education with also allowing them enough free time in the afternoons and for them to have enough left in their uh, mental tank, so to speak, that they can then go on and learn about these interests and explore them. That'll take some trial and error as you figure that out. And if you'd like to learn more about that, email me and let me know. Um, Let me know where I can help provide some ideas and some help as you are going through that process. I also, as um, a corollary to letting them teach you, I encourage them to tell me what they're learning, even if they're not teaching me how to do something. I will periodically just ask them, hey, what are you learning right now? Um, what's, what's interesting that you are doing? Or I, I saw that you were working on some electronic stuff recently. What were you doing with that? So encourage them to tell you about it. Listen to their narrations with interest. Find a time that you can give them your undivided attention. For me, that's often while I'm cooking. They know they can come in while I'm preparing a meal or cl- cleaning up the kitchen. And I'm not doing something that requires my mental focus. And so I can give them my full attention that they can tell me what they're learning. So you'll often find them just come in and sit down at the counter and and start telling me about something. Or I may uh, sometimes just go sit next to them whenever they are Uh, reading or just chilling out and I might say, hey, what you reading? What are you learning about? Find ways to be interested in what they're learning. Now, the third thing is to encourage excellence. This is a concept that is a little challenging for us in our current social environment. We are so focused on passing a test, getting into college, doing well in a career that we can sometimes lose sight of the bigger picture. I try to talk to my children about why we learn. We want to learn to be a well-rounded person, not to pass a test. I want them to know how to learn. I want them to master a subject. I don't want them to read about, let's say, a science concept, take a test, and discover that they... They may know 85% of the material. No, I want them to go back and not move on. I want them to make sure they understand the concepts that they missed. We follow a mastery approach. So yes, my children receive A's in everything they do, but we don't actually talk about the grades in that sense. On my daughter's transcript, we use a pass-fail exceptional designation because 
if she puts in the effort, she will pass the, t- the class. We expect her to master the material. And if she puts forth exceptional effort, then she can distinguish herself that way. That's her choice of how much effort she wants to put into the class and how much extra she wants to do. But at the very minimum, we expect them to master the material. So instead of giving grades and just moving on and them um, expecting to, quote, pass the test, we talk about how they should be striving to do their best to achieve excellence, to master the material. Go back. If you didn't understand something, go back and review that material until you do. Um, You can encourage your children to improve their grades. One of my daughters was working on a science course and uh, it was a little above her level when she first started. And so for her to get a 75%, which was required for her to move on in this online course that was self-paced, that was a big accomplishment for her. She was assuming that responsibility for taking this course. She was very interested in it, but she needed to Uh, work on her ability to study and to understand the material. So whenever she would miss a question, she would go back and review that until she understood what she missed. She was learning how to answer questions, how to read the questions to um, apply the material that she had learned in a new way. And now, of after about a year of working through this course, and she's working at a slower pace than the course was intended, but at a pace that is just right for her, she is now getting 90% on her tests. And that is a huge improvement for her. And she is so proud to uh, be improving like that. She's focusing on really mastering the material. She's really enjoying being able to tell me what she's learning. And it's concepts that I may have covered a long time ago, but don't remember. And so it's like I'm wanting it new for the first time. And so she's really enjoying getting to share that with me. On the flip side, you may also have a child who is a bit of a perfectionist, wants to do everything just right, and so they actually want to get 100% on everything that they do. That's actually a detriment to them, and um, it can be a challenge to help them to develop the mindset of achieving excellence. Excellence does not mean a perfect score. It does not mean doing the absolute best on everything that you do. It means doing your best and achieving that mastery level, which sometimes means you won't get it right. We've had to talk in our home about the goals of education, why we are learning, how we want to learn, uh, how we want to have this mastery approach so that when my children do take tests, if they miss a question, it's okay. It's not that we're trying to have 100% on everything that we do, but if you miss a question, do you know what you you did wrong, what you need to change? Do you understand the material? Was it just a simple mistake that you need to pay attention the next time you're taking a similar test so that you can 
Uh, avoid making that mistake again. You want to have continual improvement and apply what you're learning right now to future situations. So we actually recently had to have the conversation of my goal for you is not that when you are, say, in a college setting, that you are at the top of your class. I don't care if you are the, the best student. What I care about is that you are doing your best, that you are achieving excellence. That probably will mean that you are in the top of the class because you are really putting forth that effort. But I also want you to be a a well-rounded individual. I want you pursuing other interests. I want you to, as we talked about in the previous step, to continue learning about other Uh, endeavors, other areas, things that are interesting you. And if you are so focused on achieving that 100% on everything, every test and every class that you take, then you won't have as much time to pursue other interests. And those other interests are important also. So find that balance. And I was talking with my children that they have to make that choice. They have to have the attitude of one achieving their best, but also of recognizing that that may not be the very top rank, and that's okay. The fourth thing that I do to help my children become lifelong learners is that I allow them to pursue a variety of interests or to dive deep. I have... Uh, one daughter who fits each of these categories. One of my daughters loves to sew. Right now, she loves everything Victorian and historical. Uh, She would love to be a historical reenactor. And uh, she actually enjoys different time periods, everything from learning about the Victorian era in general to learning about the Oklahoma land run and the pioneer days. She also enjoys learning about medieval times and, and various clothing fashions through the ages. So she is taking a deep dive into this one particular area. My other daughter enjoys a variety of interests. She enjoys learning about everything from electronics to uh, theater lighting, stage lighting. She enjoys learning about various um, math games and logic puzzles and a number of other interests also. She also just enjoys reading about history and learning all kinds of things. So You may have a child that fits into either of these categories, and the chances are you have both represented in your home. And there's not a right or wrong way to pursue your lifelong learning. It's important to recognize the um, curiosity that God has given us, which looks different for each person. It could be that you explore one particular interest for a while before you move on to another one. It could be that you explore a variety of interests all at once, or maybe you explore one deeply and then move on and that process is fairly rapid. Recognize that your children will pursue their interests in their own way. They may jump around a little bit or they might dive deep. And either of those options is appropriate. It's all 
has to go back to how God made us and how we enjoy learning, but encourage them to continue pursuing these interests, help them to develop their interests over time. I hope that this episode has been encouraging for you and has helped you to view your homeschool maybe in a slightly different light in that you are raising lifelong learners, not simply teaching them the skills that they need to prepare for college or a vocational career or whatever their life holds. I hope that you have taken some ideas that you can implement in your home and that you can help develop lifelong learners in your home. I would encourage you, if you're enjoying this podcast, to uh, give it a rating and a review. That is so helpful to help other homeschool parents find this podcast so they can be encouraged too. Until next time, have a triumphant day.